Welcome to She Can and She Will. My name is Marianne Brown, also known as the Country Mompreneur. I'm joined by my co-host, Deesa McAllister. We are moms, work-from-home experts, and queens at helping women take control of their lives. On this show, you will learn from us as well as other women who kick butt in their lives and want to help you do the same. So sit back and get ready for some fun. Today, we're very excited to talk with uh, Alicia Carlson. So welcome, Alicia, and we're so excited to have you here today. Can you tell us about yourself and how you got where you are today? Yeah, Disa and Marianne, thank you so much for having me on your show. It's always a pleasure and a privilege to um, just come and kind of speak to people. Um, so how I got where I am, uh, definitely through a lot of lived experiences. So a big heartbeat of the sort of fitness and life and health coaching that I do is, as you said, from that non-diet perspective. And that really comes from my own struggle over the years with my body, with my self-image, um, with always feeling like I needed to lose weight or have my body look a certain way in order for me to feel confident or um, to feel sexy in my relationship with my husband or um, to really kind of put myself out there for big experiences and opportunities in the world. And uh, I did successfully diet for a number of years. I was able to keep um, to lose weight and then to keep it off. But the struggle for me was that it always felt like a struggle. It always felt like if I wasn't meticulously counting my food and really only eating that specific amount and doing it perfectly and working out six days a week, you know, super intense and high, um, yeah, just this high intensity workouts that I would notice, you know, and it was kind of this like slow creep that the scale would make back up. And so, you know, I thought I was living a lifestyle, right? Yeah, it's my lifestyle. I work out every day. I just kind of eat clean and all of these different things. Um, but it really was a struggle. And uh, through some experience doing some figure figure competitions, I learned how to be incredibly focused and disciplined in this area of my life. And I'm so thankful because I do feel like it taught me a lot of lessons, both that I still implement now, but it also kind of highlighted um, especially in that sport, but also I think across kind of the fitness and nutrition and, you know, quote unquote health landscape, um, a lot of disordered eating patterns or tendencies, a lot of disordered behavior around exercise and, um, just a lot of stuff that we kind of see as like quote unquote normal behaviors of like, oh my gosh, I ate that chocolate cake. I'm going to have to like do two workouts tomorrow. Well, you ate the chocolate cake. I hope you enjoyed it. And then you just get to move on with your life. <laughs> um, so that, you know, it, like I said, it was really through that lived experience and then um, more so kind of turning it into a life coaching and a lifestyle business was seeing that it really isn't enough to just target like one specific area, right? Like if a client comes to me because they have a fitness goal or a weight loss goal, that's fine and that's great. And I can help you with the nutrition and the exercise. But if we don't also address how are you managing your time? What is your stress level like? How are you sleeping? How, you know, what are the qualities of your relationship? Um, then I feel like I'm really doing my clients a disservice because if I just give you a nutrition protocol and a workout program and I'm like, here you go, if you just go do it and you do it perfectly, you're going to get results. Well, how many times have we tried that? And it hasn't really worked because life comes in or because, 
Um, you know, I don't want to give up chocolate cake forever. I just want to be able to have a healthy relationship to chocolate cake so I can have some and then I can move on without either eating the whole cake or feeling like I'm re- restricted and deprived. Um, so I don't know. Does that answer the question? <laughs> yeah. And now to follow up on that, when you say that you're a non-diet lifestyle coach, is it for, are you saying you try not to, you encourage people not to use the word diet? The minute I say I'm on a diet, I want that cake. Exactly. Like it's, it's a, tr- turns a trigger on in my brain for some reason. I'll be good for like a day. And then all of a sudden all those commercials of Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, all those. I want all of it. Yeah, it's like this antenna turns on and you're like, oh my gosh, before none of this Mm -hmm. stuff sounded good, but now I just want Mm -hmm. all of it. Um, And so when I say diet, I really like to look at that word from two different ways. So we have diet as a verb, which is kind of what you just described. I'm going Mm -hmm. on a diet, right? Usually that's with a very short term um, goal in mind. I'm going to diet for six weeks. I'm going to diet until I lose the 10 pounds. I'm going to diet because I'm going on a vacation, right? So it's like we kind of approach it with this attitude that I'm going to do it until I reach the goal. And then what usually ends up happening if we do reach the goal is we kind of end up reverting back to those old habits and patterns around food. Oh, yeah. um, also, when we think about going on a diet, traditional dieting really is centered on feeling deprived around food, feeling restricted. We have good Mm -hmm. foods, we have bad foods, we have those off-limit foods. And it's like as soon as we kind of put ourselves into that space mentally and emotionally and physically, psychologically, your drive for those very things that you're trying to abstain from or not have really does increase. And so when we think about dieting from a verb, that really is most people's experience. I also think of the word diet as a noun, right? So there's the keto diet, there's the paleo diet, there's, you know, all of these other different kinds of diets out there. And for me, I don't prescribe one style of eating for people, right? It's like, because what works for you is going to be different than what works for Disa is going to be different than Mm -hmm. what works for me. Ironically, over the years, what I have found, and I was just thinking about this this week, is that I think every diet works in some form, like a different combination for each woman, right? So it's like I practice, um, you know, time-restricted feeding or eating slash intermittent fasting, but I do it naturally from the time that I eat my last meal until I wake up the next day. I don't have to fight with myself and be like, oh, you can't eat until 12 and then we can only eat until four, right? So it's like that just naturally kind of folds into my life. Um, There are some days where my activity is less. I'm not eating quite as much, right? So I might be eating less carbs on those days. So it's like once we have that healthy relationship to food, to the word diet, to our bodies, to scales, Um, we really can start to kind of pick and choose what works from each of these different things and fold it into your life in a way that it doesn't feel like it's something that you can only do for a short period of time or that relies on willpower or telling yourself no. Interesting. Oh, so I've actually been on so many, I don't say crash diets, really, really extreme not probably healthy at all for you, right? Mm-hmm. But now that I'm middle-aged and I've done all this damage to my body, I don't really see results unless I do something super extreme, but that's not sustainable. I mean, it's not sustainable for two months, you know? So um, what do you work with people as well who have just like tried a lot of things and um, 
uh, are used to maybe punishing themselves in order to get over like certain food addictions. Um, do you kind of work with women who are used to, yeah, just kind of. Yes. And I would say, I mean, so I want to be very clear in that, um, I feel like there's a fine line sometimes between coaching and therapy, right? Or like what might, um, constitute somebody working with somebody, with, you know, in eating disorder recovery and things like that. Um, disordered eating is, it, it can kind of butt right up against eating disorder and look very similar. Um, but I would say one of my specialties really is working with women that are, are kind of like wanting to come out of this diet cycle, right? It's like, there are a lot of people that are really, um, kind of content or, happy-ish to kind of continue this way, but it's like, we do hit a certain point in our lives to where it's like, my gosh, like how much time am I spending thinking about food, thinking about my weight, thinking about my body, thinking about calories. And that was really the point that I got to. I was like, I feel like I have so much more to give the world, but so much of my brain power right now is focused on getting this body and then maintaining this body rather than like our bodies are vessels for us to carry out the work that we're here to do. Right. Like I don't need to have a six pack. I don't need to be totally shredded to be effective and to make an impact in the world, in my family. Um, so yes, I do work with women that feel like, man, I've tried every single diet and all of the things that used to work are no longer working. Um, and there are the buzzwords like a damaged metabolism and things like that. And people will argue different sides of that. Um, but really to my understanding, it's, the more that we diet, the less flexible our metabolism becomes. And so we have to kind of um, undo a lot of the behavior that has been sort of compounded over the years. And part of that, I really do believe, is making your body feel like it is safe. Like there's going to be adequate food coming in to support, especially if you're somebody that you're like, I love that high-intensity workout, but you've also been really restricting food you're sending a signal biologically to your body that it's not really safe. And so it's going to want to store fat to your point. As we age too, our bodies just change like hormonally things start to um, change as we approach menopause or perimenopause. Um, but ironically, the things that work perimenopause, the things that work for women with PCOS, I think are just in general um, pretty solid guidelines for most, for every woman, right? It's like, make sure you're getting enough sleep, resistance training, uh, in my opinion, far outweighs cardio. I'm not saying don't do cardio, but I think we've really been taught, like, it's all about the calorie burn. Resistance training doesn't burn a ton of calories while you're doing it, but you're building lean mass, which then is metabolically active. Um, plus you're going to be stronger. You're going to, you know, so, um, my, keeping kind of the carbs, uh, we want to think about less processed, right? So it's like, I'm not saying don't have the cookies, don't have the cake, um, but really just kind of checking in. And if a big bulk of your diet consists of these different things, you might want to think about um, finding some carbs that are, you know, more like the root veggies, the potatoes, um, getting adequate protein, right? So it's like, these are very high level um, nutrition things that I would recommend. And I do kind of recommend to all of my clients, regardless of, you know, their age or what's happening hormonally. Okay. So Disa and I are both work at home moms. And I'm sure a lot of the people that are listening are, what are some of the struggles that you're hearing that they're, that they have, that they're coming to you? Cause I know one of mine is 
I think I have a lot more time in my day than I do. I'll sit down to start work. The next thing I know, my kids are getting off the bus, and I'm like, I was going to do the treadmill tonight, and I never did. <laughs> so what, <laughs> what are some of the things that you're seeing people are coming to you with? So I think that one is pretty common. Um it's just feeling like, okay, I know I should be doing all of these things or I have all of these things that I need to do around the house or at work. And how do I balance all of that? Like, how do I get all of it done? Or, um, you know, if I let things go, quote unquote, like, how do I do that in a way that I don't feel overwhelmed? Um, ironically, I actually just put a post up sort of about this on Facebook yesterday to where, you know, it's okay for us to decline invitations. It's okay for us to say no to things. Um, I think especially as work at home moms, we have to have boundaries around our time, right? So it's like set work hours for yourself. Maybe you can set that consistently through the week. Maybe it's a day by day thing where it's like, okay, today I really can only work from 12 to three. Um, so I'm going to get as much as I can get done there. Keeping in mind that the amount of time you give yourself to accomplish a task, it will take you that entire amount of time. So if you schedule an hour to do your social media post, guess what? It's going to take you about an hour to do your social media post because you get distracted. You're looking at social media. Maybe you're second guessing what to post. So I mean, yes, like give yourself adequate time, but I always say like probably give yourself, schedule it a little bit less than what you think it's actually going to take. And then that way you can sit down, you can be laser focused on one task at a time. I think that's another thing too, is that we think we can multitask. So I think I can, you know, be here doing this, but then I'm also looking at my phone, answering a text from a client or an email. And then I'm over here doing this, focus on one thing at a time. The other thing, be okay with the dishes sitting in the sink while you're doing your work or with the laundry not being done, right? It's like when you're working, that is your work time. Also, the sort of the flip side to that is when I'm not working, that's not my work time anymore. I'm not looking at my social media. I'm not checking my email. I'm doing my house chores. I'm spending time with the kids. Um, you know, so it's like really, I think just having that structure, having that clarity. Um, and then to your point, I think with the treadmill or walking or doing anything like that for yourself, you have to kind of consider that like that is a vital business task that has to get done. Because if you don't have the energy, if you're not healthy, if you're not well, if you're not operating at your best, guess yeah. what? Neither is your business, neither is your family, neither are your relationships. Yeah, that really kind of overlaps with getting laser focused too. I love that you're, um, you're hitting on those. Um, so what, what final tip or suggestion would you make to the work at home moms to help them better take care of themselves while balancing all the other demands on them? Do you have kind of like a, a key chart or check? Yeah. I think, I mean, you know, if you're already feeling super overwhelmed by every demand that you have on your time and your energy, it starts small. And one of the tactics that I use with my clients is I always ask them, I'm like, what is the so small you can't fail thing that you could do today? Right? Like if your goal is to get more physical activity, maybe it's walking to the mailbox. It's like, yeah, I for sure know I can walk to the mailbox or I can walk to the stop sign and back one time. Oftentimes you kind of get going and you're like, oh, like this really isn't that far. Like I'm going to just walk to that next light post and then I'm going to turn around and come back. But what happens is like if you're already feeling overwhelmed and you feel like your plate is too full, 
we tend to want to be like, okay, well, I'm going to start working out 45 minutes, six days a week or three days a week. Well, if you're already feeling overwhelmed and like, I don't know where I'm going to put that time in, (laughs) guess what? It's probably not going to happen, right? So it's like building that small, consistent habit. If you could say, I can walk for five minutes every day this week and you do that, you start to cultivate that confidence and that belief. And it starts to become more of a habit of you taking some time out of your day to do something for yourself, to take care of yourself. Yeah. I like that. So how how do you work with people? Are you do you work with people online? Is it one on one or is it groups? And how can people reach out to you? Um, yes. Yeah, so currently I am just still working with my clients one to one. Um, I do virtual predominantly. However, obviously, if you were in the same area as me, I wouldn't be opposed to meeting with you in person. Um, so if somebody is listening to this and they're like, oh my gosh, I just feel like she gets me, she could help me. Then I think the best way to take that next step is to just email me alicia at aliciacarlson.com, um, to just inquire, set up a consult. Um, I just want to hear kind of like what's going on, what's your situation to just even diagnose whether or not I can help you, especially, you know, as I alluded to, if there's eating disorder stuff or something that was maybe more like therapy related, um, then we definitely want to get that clear. If it's a good fit, then we'll talk about working together and um, we'll rock and roll. Well, everyone, um, feel free to, and we'll make sure we add all your links and all the information in your show notes so everybody can reach out to you. Alicia, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you so much, Marianne and Disa, for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening. For more information, join us at thepmagency.com. 